So when I was about 12, preteen, almost 13, uh, there was a pastor in our, in our conference of the United Methodist Church, which at that time was the Rio Grande Conference, which was a, a conference of, of all the Spanish-speaking churches. Uh, and there was a pastor by the name of Josue Gonzalez, Reverend Dr. Josue Gonzalez. And by, the, by that time, when I was roughly about 12, he was towards the end of his ministry. And, and, um, and I remember that every time he got up to speak, he wasn't our pastor, but every time he got up to speak, he would issue an invitation to, to young people to consider vocational ministry. Uh, he would go around the conference and, and, and he would preach f- for pastors at different churches. Uh, I, he must have been a conference official at that time, but, but I remember that every time he spoke, he invited young people to consider vocational ministry, pastoral ministry. And so about this time, I started to hear this message from him. And the idea was planted in my, in my brain, right? Could this be something for me? God, are you speaking to me? Am, am, am I hearing something? I'm, I'm, I'm only 12, but I'm thinking about that. And my response at the time, and it was for probably the next 20 years, was, no, you're definitely not speaking to me because there's no way that I can stand up in front of anybody and share anything uh, because I'm just too introverted, I'm just too shy, I'm just too timid, I'm just too quiet. All the words that you want to use to describe somebody that can't stand in this space, that's who I was, right? No, you're not speaking to me. But Dr. Gonzalez planted that seed and then when I was 13, on my 13th birthday, uh, we had uh, in our church at that time a part in the service called the pastoral prayer. And we would come up to the altar and we would l- pray to, before the Lord. And so on that particular Sunday, I had just turned 13. I was a big guy now, right? Well, I was still only like 5'1", five, 5'2", five, so I wasn't that big. But I, I, I went up there and I, and I started praying. I said, God, if, if what I've heard from Dr. Gonzalez applies to me, I want you to, to reveal that to me. I want to, I want to know for sure. I'm, granted, I'm only 13. What I didn't realize was that at the same time I was praying that prayer for myself, my mom and dad were praying that prayer for me as well. And in the course of that pastoral prayer that usually was only a couple, five, five, six, seven minutes, I felt a warmth come over me. It wasn't frightening, it wasn't scary, but I felt this warmth come over over me and through me and in me. And the next thing I knew that as the pastor was praying and the altar was like this on this side, on that side, it had a cushion. I was lying down at the altar. I mean, I was flat out lying down. I, I, didn't, I don't know how I got there. 
but I was on my back on the altar. Wow, kind of blew me away. I had a little bit of a sweat and really wasn't sure what had happened. Fast forward about 20 years. I had already entered ministry. I had, I had run from my call for many years. I've shared that with you. I had entered ministry. I moved over to uh, my wife and I and the family, moved to Del Rio. I had pastored a church. I was back in town because I was struggling with that call. Right? I had stepped out for just a little bit. And I was preaching to the homeless under the bridge off of Pecos La Trinidad, underneath the bridge. And so I'm preaching, and, and after, after that service, I was standing by the side as the, the homeless uh, were being fed. And a lady comes up to me. Uh, I don't know who she was. I'd never seen her before. She says, I feel called to pray over you. <laughs> I needed prayer. And so she came, and she put her hands on me and started to pray. And, and I could tell by, by the way she was praying that this was a godly woman. Although I'd never met her. I'd never seen her before. And by the time she finished praying, I was flat on my back. Right there, and she was praying over me. I don't know how I got there, but I was on the ground. In the parking lot under the bridge, under... I-35 South, whatever that is. And she's praying over me. Had a little bit of a sweat. But I was at peace. A few years later, I find myself in an immersion trip in Havana, Cuba. I'm in the United Methodist, or not in the United, the Methodist Church in central Havana. Now, I have to tell you that the Methodist Church in, in Cuba and most of Latin America is what we would call Methecostal. <laughs> Wild, man. And so the bishop of the church in, in Cuba is preaching and, and uh, comes over to our delegation, which were a bunch of United Methodist Seminary students, and says, I want to pray for you. And as he starts praying for each one of my classmates, they start falling. They're just like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, what's happening here? This can't be real. And so he's getting closer to me. I've shared this story with some of you. He's getting closer to me, and I'm like, God, this needs to be real, because if it's not, it's really going really to mess up my faith. So the Bishop of Cuba, the Methodist Church in Cuba, comes up to me, places his hands on me. And the next thing you know, I'm on my back on the, on the, on the ground, sweating, but at peace. I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit but I have my suspicions. I have my suspicions 
that the Spirit of God has flowed in such a way that it's brought me to my knees. That it's laid me flat on my back for whatever reason. Was it the Holy Spirit? I believe so. I'm not going to preach to you today and tell you that, that you have to have that experience, right? I don't believe you have to have that experience. I don't believe that you have to speak in tongues as we see in Acts chapter 2 for the Holy Spirit to move in your life, to take over your life, to, to empower your life. I don't believe that, that, that that's a, a, a must. It's, it's, it's definitely a manifestation of the Spirit, but it's not an absolute must. In fact, I don't think the message of of Pentecost and I don't think the message of the Holy Spirit coming and flowing and being in you is that you're going to speak in tongues, that you're going to be slain in the Spirit, that you're going to dance this holy dance. I I don't believe any of that is necessary. What I do believe is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're able to do things you couldn't do before because it's not based on what you can do. It's based on what God can do through you. And there's a difference. God can take a shy, introverted, quiet, reserved individual. And as uncomfortable as it makes him or her feel, empower that person to stand in front of a group to share a message to share a message of hope and I pray encouragement that we are not on this journey of faith by ourselves that God provides others the people to the right and to the left of you to journey with you. But more importantly, that God provides a counselor, an advocate that Jesus promised to empower you, to strengthen you, to correct you, to love you. See, the message of Pentecost that I received from both chapter 2 of Acts and chapter 20 of John is that God is with us. That we're not alone. That we can take our next faithful step with God by our side. That we don't have to be lone rangers. That God is with us. That God is with us. So the message of Acts chapter 2 is the empowerment. The empowerment that we receive 
from the Holy Spirit. And the message of John chapter 20 for me is simply that we must receive it. We must be willing to receive. God's not going to force us to receive. But we must decide that we want to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. That we want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and empower and correct and strengthen. And so the message I would like for you to hear this morning or the question I would like to ask you this morning is simply this. Like the disciples that gathered in that room, that room that was locked because of fear for what might happen to them after their Messiah, after their rabbi, after their teacher had been arrested, crucified, killed, and buried, and and they were afraid, and they found themselves in a room locked behind a closed door because of that fear when Jesus suddenly comes and appears before them and says, peace be with you. Peace be with you because I know you're afraid. Peace be with you because I know what you've seen and witnessed over the last couple of days has been hard. But don't worry. I'm here. And then that same Jesus who was crucified, dead, and buried, and now is resurrected and has, has, wished pre, has, has blessed them with the peace of his presence says to them, and now, I'm going to send you out to that scary world that can be dangerous and frightening. But peace be with you because I'm with you and you do not go alone. And so receive this Holy Spirit that I'm offering you to go out. And with 2020 hindsight and with scripture, we know they did exactly that. They went from the locked doors of that room out into the public space to proclaim the gospel message of hope that Jesus was indeed alive and that Jesus lives today. And so my hope is that we will receive for ourselves the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive it. I'm not going to say that you're going to speak in tongues. I'm not going to say that you're going to be slain in the spirit. I'm not going to say any of those things are going to happen. But what I will say is that you will receive the peace of God in your life. To go where God is leading you. 
to do what God is calling you to do. And like Reverend Dr. Josue Gonzalez asked of us years ago, could it be possible that in 2023 in San Antonio, Texas, God might be calling you to vocational ministry. God might be calling you to serve the church. God is calling you to receive the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. We thank you, O oh God, for the gift of your Spirit that fills us with your love, with your joy, with your peace, that empowers and leads us and guides us down the paths you choose, that corrects us when we start to go astray. Help us, O oh God, to trust the leading of your Holy Spirit and all that we do, and all that we go. We thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen.